It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Hello, and welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, as always, Adam A. Adams, and today I'm here with a friend of mine, and his name is going to sound a lot like somebody that's in our office, Chad Whitfelt. But who I'm with today is Chad Whedon. So Chad has done all sorts of things within the real estate business. And so, I mean, we could, we could have any number of podcasts today and we're going to get value. But one of the things that this whole uh, podcast is about is this is the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And you know what we don't do enough of? We don't talk enough about subject two. Chad Whedon is actually an expert at sub two. You could call it subject to or sub to. These are the ways to do it. So at at any rate, this is an awesome creative strategy that you don't actually have to come out with a bunch of money. You actually find a way to take over that loan. And Chad's going to teach you how to do that, how he's done that, how he's done that with rentals, how he's done that with fix and flips, how he's done that with wholesale deals. And he said at the beginning, before we got started, he said, you know what? It's, it's not as hard as you think. I can teach your audience. It's not as hard as you think. You just have to answer or ask the right questions. So with that said, Chad, tell us a little bit about your background, how, you got, how it got you to where you are today, and then we're going to start diving into sub two. Awesome. Um, so I, I guess the number one thing, just like a lot of people start out in real estate, is maybe they read a book or they're, they're tired of the old... Um, chain gang going to work and that was kind of my that's my story um, I was a finance manager in the car business for for many years very good at what I did in that business but I really just got to the point where I was tired of building somebody else's dreams um, and and time was the number one thing that I was looking for and obviously real estate has has impacted that greatly um, I started with I want to say I started with no money. I had money, but we'd had a previous business and I had lost my behind on that business. So I was a little bit gun shy about putting money out um, and and buying properties. So I really started like a lot of people may start. I started with wholesaling and um, assigning paper. In in essence, that's exactly what I did in the finance office in in the car business was I would finance people's auto loans and then assign them to one of the many banks that we did business with. So all of that kind of connected with me and um, that's how I really got into the real estate game. Just wanting time, tired of, tired of building somebody else's dreams. And I found something I knew I could replace my monthly income with very quickly. And I started doing that on a part-time basis. Um, And then it got to the point where I was making as much a month, Literally, I, I would say maybe four hours a month than, than I, what I was doing sitting in the office working 45 plus hours a week. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So let, let me ask you this, just um, if you could share a couple of stats with us, maybe like how many flips you've done or wholesales you've done or how many you usually try to do a month or per year? Um, our business, I've got really three pillars of our business. I focus on wholesale. I'm, I'm very good at the marketing end of it and talking to people and closing deals. So we literally cherry pick all of our deals from that initial avenue 
focusing on motivated sellers. So between the flips, the wholesale deals, and my wife is a realtor, so I will, I will pass off good leads that I can't do anything with to her. Uh, our first year doing it part-time, we did over 20 deals. And, you know, again, I, I might have worked four or five hours a month on that. I, I've had, I've streamlined a lot of things and I've been able to put deals together, but you know, wholesale deals, it, it was pretty much a third of each of those. And then I, lately I've really gotten more into, I, I don't really care what avenue I take on these deals. I'm really looking for the, what's going to give us the most profit. And I don't mind spending a few more hours on, on a deal if we can make a lot more money. So I, I kind of cherry pick the wholesale deals and the flip deals. Absolutely love that. And for the listener, check this out. Imagine yourself and you're a handyman today or a handy woman. You're a handy person today. And somebody calls you and they're like, hey, come and fix my property. And you look at all your tools and you pick one of them up. You don't know what job you're going to do, but you just take one of your tools. You leave the rest behind. Now, let's just say you took the hammer. And, um, and all of a sudden, the, the job that they're trying to make you do doesn't take a hammer. It takes a screwdriver. And unfortunately, you don't have that tool with you. You can't use that tool. You haven't purchased that tool. You forgot to bring it. You haven't, you don't, you haven't had the skill of using it. <laughs> and what happens is you just can't get the job done. You can't make money. Now, when you are a skilled real estate investor, a skilled contractor, if you will, but within the real estate realm, you need to have a hammer. It's important because sometimes, sometimes that tool comes in handy. And that might be paying all cash fast. That's your hammer. And other times... You might need a screwdriver, which is a subject too. And other times you might need to wholesale, which is like your wrench. Right. Now, the problem is you can't, you can get some jobs done with a hammer. You can get some jobs done with a wrench. You can get some jobs done with a screwdriver. But if you're not skilled at, at understanding all of the tools, you're going to be a terrible handyman. So let's talk, Chad about how you learned the skill of the screwdriver of, of subject two. And at first it might've sounded foreign to you, but you, you've really mastered that. And, I, and, and as you kind of tell us that story, help the listener know how they can use that same tool in their real estate business. Well, I'm glad you made that analogy because you don't want to hammer it in my hand because I can just really smash some things up. But one thing I've been able to, to learn in real estate investing is, is the creative aspect of it and the ability to be able to kind of guide a deal down the path that it needs to go in order for us to help our seller and for us to obviously make money. Um, the subject two deals, uh, man, one of my best subject two deals I've ever done. I still get, I still get $675 a month cash flow off of that deal. And I collected $8,000 up front on the front end. And I matched up the remaining mortgage, which was 144 months, 12 years. Um, the seller 
was in a bind, had bought another house, didn't realize how much work the house was going to take. And I ended up just doing it on subject two. So I take, I took over her mortgage and it was $576. So, you know, bank a gets paid $576 every single month by clockwork. And then what I ended up having to do is on that subject too, is we even actually had to get a little bit more creative on that because I had put it out as a lease option on Craigslist. And at the end of the day, the folks came with the money, but I knew that with, with their situation that they were never going to be able to finance the property through a bank. So if I did a lease option in two years or whatever the term was, we would have to redo that lease option or they would not be able to finance the house and would have to move on. So what we did is I wrapped a second mortgage on the first mortgage and did a land contract. In, in essence, I became the bank on a subject to deal, which was, you know, there's no maintenance you know, the risk to me is, is that I might have to foreclose on them. But at the end of the day, I'm collecting six seventy five a month. I sold them the house on a sale price of $108,000 and I'm collecting 9.25% interest over 144 months on an amortization schedule. So I, it's, that's a huge win. And you know, at the, at the end of the day for, for new listeners, people that are wanting to learn how to do this, I, I learned that from somebody else in a real meeting that I'm in, you know, I'm not a genius. I'm a smart guy, but I'm not a genius. And uh, that was kind of the, the workaround on, on the lease option was, hey, I've got these folks and it was really, I just wanted to do the right thing for the end buyer. I'm like, I was gonna do the right thing for the seller and make sure that their 576 is paid. But at the end of the day, it was about the end buyer and in their family and what was gonna work best for them. So we kind of tailored that deal to, to that. So every single month I'm getting, a, I'm getting a deposit in for $1,300 and their payment's supposed to be $1,244 or some change, something to that effect. But every single month on the first of the month, I'm getting $1,300. I pay $576 and I'm not responsible for anything other than, you know, making sure that I send out the escrow statements. Okay, Chad, how much did it cost you again out of your own pocket to close on that deal? Just how much did it cost you out of your own pocket? Oh man, you know, maybe a couple of nervous Kit Kats and a, and a Diet Mountain Dew on the way trying to figure out how to put that first one together. That was really the first, very first um, subject two that we had done. And then since then, since then, you know, we, we've put multiple together and either flipped the property or put them on MLS with zero dollars out of our pocket. I mean, nothing. So if you're listening and you're asking yourself, how do I get into real estate without having to use my own money. If you're listening and you have zero dollars or more and you're wondering how can you start getting cash flow of $675 every single month for the rest of your life, check this out. What Chad just did is he, quote, purchased a property where he got paid eight grand up front and he got, gets paid 1300 gives half of that to one person, keeps the other half for himself. And he's doing this over and over and over. So if you could just imagine yourself, what type of return on investment is it when you get paid 8,000 
and $600 a month. And the buyer, the end buyer is doing all of the fix-ups. That's complete infinite return. You're making money on money that you didn't even put in. So if you don't have this tool in your pocket, you're going to lose. So Chad, what was the second subject to deal that you did and how did it go? Um, we had some folks that reached out to me. Uh, they were they were in pre foreclosure. They're a few months behind on their on their mortgage, and they had about seven or eight thousand dollars of liens that needed to be satisfied. So in, on this deal, we we actually flipped this property, and what we did was I, I took over their mortgage. Again, it was a very small mortgage, I think it was 550 bucks, something like that. And, um, you know, on that particular deal, we, we use a lot of private money on our, on our flips. So in essence, that was another $70,000 that we didn't need to take private money out on. So in the, at the end of the day, on the back end, that saved us some money, but it also gave us some time to, ne to negotiate the liens with, with the folks that had filed the liens. So we were able to get those cut in half. So it bought us a little bit more time and then it saved us a little bit of money on, on the back end on, on interest. And we were able to get those folks closed fast because they needed to move, they needed to move quick. So we in essence just caught up their mortgage and then kept up making their payments through the, through the rehab process. And, and I think that was like a 90 day turn, 90 day turn on the money, something like that. So that was, it was a it was a sweet deal, and it was just a matter of we had we had a lot of private money folks money tied up already that we used, and we were going to have to go out and find some more money. So that was a quick solution to be able just to to not have to go out and hunt for some more money. And at the end of the day, it paid us on the back end. Awesome, awesome, a lot of a lot of good stuff. So let's try to document just what what is step by step that we're going to take from the show today what's the step by step if you're trying to get an off-market deal or a non-market deal and, and you want to negotiate um a screwdriver <laughs> what yeah. is what subject to and you want to negotiate a subject to with uh with a seller uh what's what is step one what's the what's the first thing that you ever encounter when getting into the subject two deals? Well, the good thing about subject two deals is, is if the first thing you need to find out is how motivated, you know, just like all of our deals that any investor deals with generally is, you know, there's always a seller and y'all, you have to find out how motivated is that seller. And then you can start figuring out which tool in the toolbox you want to use. Um, <clears throat> that was, that was the the case on a flip we did where, you know, a lady just did not want to deal with a, a, a realtor. I, I tried to push her to my wife to list the property. And, you know, at the end of the day, she just did not want to deal with a realtor. And, you know, the, the ability and the knowledge to be able to put a subject to deal together really helped us on this deal. You know, at the end of the day, her mortgage payoff was 200 grand. She was trying to net, a hundred thousand. So she wanted 300 grand for her house. The numbers just did not work for me. That's why I was trying to push her to, to my wife. But we finally got down to the nitty gritty 
And the subject to me taking over a mortgage is ultimately what got us closed on that deal. Again, we were able to just take over her mortgage for 200 grand. We wrote her a $50,000 check. You know, the, the sale price was 250 grand, but there was no way I could put this deal together unless we did a subject to 250K on private money. It adds up over time. So that was a super easy way to be able to put, you know, a deal together. And, and she was motivated. You know, that was the number one thing. So I, I think that if folks are trying to do subject to, Number one, they have to, you know, the sellers have to be motivated. If they're right. not motivated, a subject two is probably not going to work. It doesn't matter how many you've done because the people are going to look at you like, oh, you want me to take over your mortgage? And, you know, you got to have a trust factor there. You got to have, you got to have the ability to be able to get somebody to, to trust you and to be able to sell that concept to them. And the beautiful thing about these subject twos, you know, particularly that this last one I was telling you about, I did this all over the phone from 1800 miles away. Hmm. You know, I never met, I never met the seller until we had already gotten the house under contract and had already closed. And we're letting, we were letting her stay in the house for about two weeks to get things, to get things wrapped up. And I had flown back and that's the first time I'd ever met her. You know, I mean, she didn't even know what I looked like. And, you know, there's, but again, number one thing was, is motivation. If somebody's motivated and you can make the numbers work, a subject to is a great way to add deals to either your portfolio or, you know, just to your monthly deal flow. Deal flow. So once you determine motivation, mm -hmm. what, what step two, you know, they're motivated. So now what do you do? So now what, what I need to figure out is, A, how much, how much am I going to pay monthly? And B, how much am I going to have to catch up? Because generally, generally there's always a figure there on, an, on how much do we have to catch up. You know, at the end of the day, banks don't want to foreclose. They, they don't want to, they, they just want their money. And I've had conversations with folks talk about, oh, there's, they're going to have this, they have a clause and they can call you on the mortgage and, and all of that stuff. I don't know anybody that's done subject to that that's happened to where the bank has continually paid, has been paid. You know, at the end of the day, my company name is going on, on the deed, but the bank just wants to be paid. And that's the, that's the number one thing. So it's really just how much do I need to catch up, you know, from that point. Perfect. Okay. So now, you know, when I go through with this subject too, oftentimes somebody's in pre-foreclosure and that's what the catch up means is maybe they've missed uh, five months or even a couple years of payments. And so the bank's going to say, you need, in order to come back to full compliance on this loan, you need to give me 10 grand or five grand or 20 grand or any other number. And so you need to understand that. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you need to understand what are going to be my monthly payments. So what is the mortgage? Do you have a primary, uh, you know, a first lien and a second lien? And what, what am I going to be having to pay for? And so that's really step two is understanding how much is it going to cost me now and how much is it going to continue to cost me. And then you try to answer the question if you can do it or not. So what, what would step three be? once you understand what it's going to cost you to do a subject to step three at that point is 
what's our what's our exit strategy? Is our exit strategy A, you know, I'm coming in on the wholesale side. Is it A, to do a subject to catch up maybe whatever I have to catch up, hopefully not a lot, but whatever that number is, can I pay that number, get my name, get our company name on, on the deed as owners. So number one, that we can just, in essence, wholetail the deal, put it right on the MLS. That's really our first look on, can we just put it right on our ML, on the MLS? Two is, can we wholesale it? And then three would be, can we flip it? And then four would be, can I put somebody in that, in that house? But that's not in any order for, for what I'm looking for. There's no particular order on that. It's just what's going to be one, the easiest and two going to net me the most money because you know, if I could wholesale the deal and make 20 grand or I can flip the flip the deal and hold it and carry it and manage it for say 90 days, maybe even 120 and then I'm going to make 30. Well, it really makes a lot more sense just to wholesale the take the 20 and not do the four months of work. But if I can put somebody in like I did on this other property where I know that I can collect, you know, half of that money up front and a, and a cash on cash and then put them in it for infinite time or match up a mortgage or whatever that strategy is and collect and collect monthly cash flow from that point. You know, that's obviously that's really the direction that I'm that I'm wanting to go towards is is collect more little half up front and then over time make up the money on the back end. Love it. I've spent a lot of money on education well, when we decided to do multifamily. Yes. As a syndication, we you know, we spent forty grand as an education. When when I was doing tax liens and tax deeds, we spent forty grand as an education. I believe in doing that, by the way, as a side note for the listener. And when I was doing the tax liens and tax deeds, I remember the person up front shared with all of the us, the students who paid that crazy amount of money, which, I, you know, I got value out of it. So um, what the teacher said as everybody in the room was like, I, you got to only do rentals. You've got to only do wholesales. You got to only do fix and flips, fix and flips where you make the most amount of money up front. Wholesales where you have the least amount of work. Uh, rentals is where you become wealthy over time because you need the cash flow, right? Everybody's talking about what they think that they need to do. The interesting thing that happened was the person up front said, the deal is going to tell you what to do. Not you. You're not going to decide. Oftentimes, it's after you have that deal under control, you decide on what strategy works the best. And this is, comes into where you need to have the most amount of tools in your tool belt. Because when Chad comes into one of these, even as he's using subject two, it doesn't mean that he's going to always hold it or always wholesale it or hotel it and or... Um, fix and flip it or whatever or rent it out or use something else that you kind of threw in and we kind of glazed over it which was the um contract for deed they've mm -hmm. they've got other names on that in different right. cities but it, it basically means you're the bank um 
and title will change over at the end of the, when they pay you the certain amount. But this is a great learning lesson for us all is the greats, Chad, Chad Whedon, uh, you know, one of my coaching uh, coaches who we paid a good penny for to learn from. The greats are telling you that you don't stick with one strategy. You understand the tools in the tool belt and this tool is going to need, you know, a screwdriver and a hammer to get this job done, which means you're going to have to put it under, um, under subject two and then wholesale it or put it under subject two and then fix and flip it. But you need to have all those tools in your tool belt. Awesome. A lot, a lot, a lot of value. When you talk about education and paying for education, you know, there's the old, old tale of you earn your education too, because my education has also been, I missed out on a hundred grand by not knowing how to do some of these deals, you know, and, and when you follow up with clients and, and, and sellers and they say, Hey, you know, I'm looking at it as trying to go through a wholesale, you know, avenue and then maybe a, a flip avenue. But you really, the first time I really learned about subject two was I just didn't get a property under contract because I thought the repairs were going to be like 15 or 20 grand. And at the end of the day, another investor got the property under contract, gave the folks exactly what they were wanting. It was so stupid on my part. I was really just trying to get them down like another $5,000. And at the end of the day, they, he gave them the 195000 that they were wanting on a subject two. At the end of the day, they just wanted to walk with ten grand. So he took a property, gave them their ten grand. He fixed the AC unit and the carpet and put it on the market for like two hundred and seventy grand. You know, at the end of the day, now I know that that deal, that one deal right there, cost me fifty grand. And I, there was a few others that that I did not do, but I won't miss them again. And that's you know, that's the education is is following. And I called the investor and said, Hey, how, tell me what you're doing. How, what, how'd you do that? And he was, he was awesome. And he walked me through that exact deal on, on what we did. It was just, it was a great learning experience. Chad, we're going to wrap it up today. I've, I've gained a lot of knowledge. I know that the listeners gained a lot of knowledge from, from you, the expert today. How do they find you? How do they reach out to you? How do they get a hold of you? What's the best way for them to do that? Well, first and foremost, I really appreciate you calling me an expert, but I am really just a knuckle dragger. I am not an expert. <laughs> I'm just I'm just a guy that's trying to replace a six-figure income and does not want to be chained to an office. So I am not I am not an expert. Um, I can be reached at um, Fusion Real Estate Investments at gmail.com. <clears throat> I'm on Facebook. My company profile is Fusion Real Estate Investments. And I'm on Instagram, chad.buyshouses. I'm sorry, chad.buys.houses. That's real original, I know. Um, but really, just um, you know, give me a call. My, you, they, I can be text, you can text or call 803-250-1268 is my cell. And uh, you know, if anybody has any questions on on trying to put deals together. You know, maybe I can help, maybe I can't, but you know, that's what real estate investing is about and talking to folks like you and you know, you and I talking is you always end up picking up something. 
something that you didn't know or didn't think of or you heard a while ago and it just you're like, you know, yeah, if I would have done that on last deal, I, I could have made more money, you know, that type of deal. Love it. So Fusion Real Estate Investments at gmail.com is in the show notes and 803-250-1268 is in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate your time and, and attention to come on and, and share your wisdom, whether you think you're an expert or not. I really appreciate you yeah. coming on and helping us learn more about how we can do subject two and have that extra tool in our tool belt. I'm going to let you go, but until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go, but until next time, think outside the box. <laughs>